Okay. Hello, Sophie. Oh, so, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. No, I so, so I say thank you so much for joining us today, Sophie. We're so excited to hear about your journey, um, founding Mama Made. And I know obviously you founded a company in 2020 from your own personal experience, your daughter. And it'd be great to know more, more about what you do for people that don't know, um, and a little bit about your journey, how it all started, how did you actually even get going? Yeah, of course. So Mama Made, we are building the go-to brand in child and infant nutrition for tomorrow's families. Um, and we underpin all of our really high quality meals and meal delivery service with one-to-one consultations, online courses, downloadable guides and community spaces. Um, we're also going into some other product ranges around child nutrition um, next year. It all started from my kitchen. Um, so I started Mama Made. I had had my daughter and I was just felt really sort of didn't like it. Like I didn't like maternity. Yeah. I didn't like, I wasn't meeting people that I felt like I could connect with. I was looking to find people, I guess, just a bit more support maybe. I'm not sure. I just really didn't take to, to new motherhood. Um, and when it came time to introducing solids, I felt sort of even more isolated because I didn't have the capacity um, or the ability to be cooking everything myself. But I also didn't want to be relying on convenience pouches for every single meal. And it, yeah, I felt like there was just a space to create better quality um, convenience products. So I started from my home kitchen, um, just connecting people over Instagram. And then about three years ago, launched um, an actual like real website um, and and started building out on the back of kind of what I had built on Instagram, a, a kind of more real business I guess um so you can go like it starts off so naively on Instagram and then you're like okay I better actually start running this properly now <laughs> yeah it's almost like okay, you can't really take orders over DM and like you know it was the kind of thing where like if I didn't work nothing happened and that was fine but I felt like yeah. there was such a positive response to what I was trying to do at Mama Made and there and I just felt really encouraged to quit my job and go all in on Mama Made and that was just about three years ago that's crazy to come to come how far you've come in three years it's absolutely unbelievable so for anyone listening that doesn't know um Sophie's done have you done a couple of rounds of um funding now investment funding you've done two rounds now yeah I've done two rounds of investment yeah now, I see Sophie on LinkedIn. She's like, right, raising, raising. I'm sure it was your last round. I'm sure you just hit your target, literally, and you overfunded, like, so quickly. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was insane. Um, but it's not insane because the product is so amazing and so necessary. Um, and something I actually wanted to ask you is I'm sure with one of the um, brands I actually use personally is um, All Plants. And they do um, vegetarian meals and things like that. Again, same principle, because I'm so busy, I literally don't have time to make as much as I really want to. I just don't have time. Um, And I heard that they backed you as well, you guys. Is that right? Yeah. The the founder of Alphonse, yeah, he put in a a bit of money in our last round. Um, And I think it's just, yeah, exactly that alignment on supporting busy people (laughs) to eat their best and to live their best. Um, And definitely we see that with the um with our meals you know it's it's parents that want to be home cooking we all sort of know as moms that you know we, we want to do our best and home cooking is usually the best but also like who you don't necessarily want to you don't know how to you don't have the time you don't have the energy um so we are here to support parents by giving that kind of peace of mind 
Yeah, because do you know what? I'm like, my son has literally just hit six months, so we're we're starting like the weeding journey now. And I, I'm already like exactly what you were just saying earlier. I'm already like, I don't have time to make like I want to be a good parent, and I feel like I'm being a bad parent because I don't have time to puree out vegetables and all of this. And to have something look, that you've provided out there is a huge benefit for people like me and probably like how you were really busy parents who just literally do not have time to to kind of sit there and be like right I've got I've got all plan this all out for the week I'm gonna puree this puree that like it's just so time consuming on top of we're not just talking about you doing that we're talking about this in between nappy changes and sleep and you know all of the other stuff to keep the house tight and everything else so I suppose the question it's nice when you obviously started the business how did you find that when you were juggling trying to run the business be a mum you know and also work out all your recipes as well because that must have taken some time for you to actually be cooking to to work out what you were going to provide oh my gosh there was this moment I mean I started mom and made my daughter was in nursery so I did have that kind of space in the day a bit um but during the pandemic it all came everyone was home and I had this moment where I was like I was cooking at all hours of the day and basically ignoring my child and I was like I am creating a product to help parents spend more time with their kids and yet I am spending less time with my kids and it was like I that like blew my mind and I think that's kind of what led me to actually push the button on raising investments so that I could bring in a team um and we had amazing amazing people helping us and working for mom made along the journey um but First of all, I can't believe you have almost six months old and what you've done it. Like that also, I like I have a lot of questions. Like that's insane. <laughs> um, but I had, like with Arthur, he's my second. I was running Mama Maid and I literally like was like, okay, he is a science experiment because he only ever had Mama Maid. Like I did not ever once steam a carrot for him. Like everything was Mama Maid. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. But how nice to be able to use your own products on your own children like that's just so re- in, in so many ways that's just so rewarding that's all your hard work and effort like everything coming to life and then being able to actually use it on your own kids it's like it's unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was definitely like a good feeling of like actually this is a good product like I know I really yeah. do understand the usefulness um and yeah it definitely allowed me to to do more at Mama Maid and, and allow me to bring in other people to support you know, in the home and, and trust that I was still getting that kind of quality that I wanted to give. Of course. And, you know, in those early days, you said, you know, you started the brand on Instagram and really like Instagram is a bit of a platform where you can try and test things and be like, OK, I can put this out there and see what feedback I get from my, my following, from my community. Um, and then that kind of lets you understand if you can leverage something and move it up and you can then really like mass produce or, or whatever you decide to do kind of thing or you think oh, that that's not going to work won't do that so you started on Instagram how was that because from Instagram to where you are now to the amount of money you've raised in such a short space of time tell me about that journey because I I know that that journey is we're nowhere near where you are but I know how tough that is so tell me about how you go from kind of like an Instagram brand to to the brand you are now, which is, you know, you've got a big valuation now for, for an early early stage company. So, yeah, tell me about that journey. I mean, I think, gosh, I feel like a lot has changed since I started Mama Made. Like Instagram, when I started, it was it felt a lot easier, I think, to get your content yeah. seen. Like I think 
now you do have to really test a lot of different things and it's a lot more video and it's a lot more like um hoops to jump through it feels like to to get your content on to more eyeballs to more eyeballs but um I guess I just did it really by striking up connections and and trying to connect with people um and really using it I guess for the tool that it is like um I remember one of the first time I don't know I was like embarrassed to comment on like people's posts I don't know. I'm yeah. always like a lurker yeah. on Instagram. And then you start to, to comment and you, you sort of push yourself out of that box to, to comment and interact with strangers on Instagram. And that was that was the beginning of, of realizing what, how powerful a tool it is. And that, you know, being brave enough to just like drop a DM to like Rochelle Humes and be like, I have this product. Yeah. Like, will you try it? And she was like, yeah, of course I'll try it. And then you, it's like you only get there by actually just being brave enough to sort of have that first interaction. It doesn't even it's not even that brave because you're like behind a screen, you know, and like, what's the worst thing yeah. you say? No. Um, but I think there's a lot of just like putting myself out there on social media um, and hustling a bit, like trying to, to get yeah. in yeah. influences um, and ultimately like creating connections with them that really helped the brand. Um, and then, yeah, raising money was sort of its own journey. Um, oh, and that. <laughs> But that really allowed um, that really allowed us to grow. I, I mean, Mama May wouldn't be at this scale that it is now without that investment. Um, it's there was just no way we needed to be able to hire the team and and to grow more quickly than we were. Yeah, yeah, and that's credit to you because it's so tough. Like, I mean, even you know the small amount with the seed round we've done. It's been it's so. I, I think no one understands how hard it is raising cash for your company especially if you're female founded it's so much harder for females and that's just obviously that's not me even just saying that that is a stat and that's well known um and I think when you're you're going up against it and you're trying to communicate stuff sometimes as well from your view as a mum like oh, I've created this product from my perspective as a mum and a lot of investors that you're going to are male they're like don't get it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Don't understand. Um, have you had any times like that when obviously you, you've been raising where you're just like, oh my God, I'm so drained and I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. But you, you have obviously finally got to the goal, but you felt like this is so hard. It's really hard because also like you've got the stress as well of like seeing the money kind of not in your bank account and feeling like, yeah, especially when you're up against it, it's like we've been, <laughs> you know, it's like you need to get yeah. that money. And and it's so frustrating to to share your dream and to share your vision. And, yeah, some people just don't see it or they don't see it as an exciting opportunity. And you do have to kiss a lot of frogs and you get a lot of no's. Um, but I guess that's that's what this game is. And you have to keep keep yeah. fighting to find those people because it you, once you find them, like they're amazing supporters. Um, yeah. But it's definitely um, it's definitely pushed me to my limits this process um yeah. and I've had a lot of people be like I don't see the usefulness for it this isn't a problem like just use the pouches um and really being able to articulate actually yeah. well, the point the this is why it's a problem yeah yeah it's it's one of the things where when you believe it so much you can actually talk about it in such a good way because you're so passionate about the product you've created it obviously otherwise you wouldn't have created it but sometimes other people don't understand that vision but I think as a parent as a mum I mean I for me when you when I read about my maid and everything I see you post on LinkedIn and talk about on social media I think it's so clear like it is so so clear and I think 
it has to be here because that's how you've got to where you are already, which is just amazing. But I know I, I was reading that in 2020 when you launched your first website. That was interesting for you. <laughs> and you had a few issues. <laughs> you had a few struggles along the way launching. Two teething issues, maybe. Um, so, yeah, tell us about that when you, you launched your website. And I, I we've been there when you feel all excited. You're like, right, here we go. We're going to launch our website. <laughs> and then so many things go wrong. And people will sometimes miss you. Be like, you're supposed to be a reptile company. You're advertising this. You're selling that. And I can't even check yeah. it out. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> Honestly, like, it's been two years. And we still get people like canceling being like I got too frustrated by your account section I'm like no we're trying so hard to fix it like why is this not easier to fix um so yeah we we did um we uh, how do I explain this we had a really big dreams for our website and ultimately we just didn't have the right people working on it I guess um and we were sort of rushed we were rushed to launch the new site because we had already printed packaging with a the new brand it was all around new branding and um we ended up pushing go on a website that was not very functional um and um yeah basically we had to do a migration and there was like a whole data error thing we were like manually editing spreadsheets for thousands of people's like bank i mean it was like so bad um and that all kind of kicked off when I was in labor with my second child the drama um the actual drama and now we're finally pushing you know pushing the button on doing a new site again and we're all just like recovering from the trauma of that last website <laughs> and hoping we get through it um we're much smarter now we have a much stronger team in place now so I have a lot more faith in us but um uh it just breaks well, your heart note, like it's it's you know on that note you you sound about um using people that might not be the right people to, to to do the job and I feel like Laura and I have been victim of that so many times because obviously like in the early days you can't do everything yourself there's some things that you literally just cannot do so there might be things like like web development or things like that where you're like I I put my hand to everything else because I have to because I can't afford to employ a massive team but also there's certain things where you just can't and have you have you used people before where you're like this has cost us money and time and we haven't got the end result because I feel like we've we've done that so many times and I sit back and I'm like why do we keep using the wrong people or why are they not getting what we're saying and I think that's a massive hurdle for new companies and it's not spoken about enough actually how much of a challenge it is to find people who kind of understand what you're trying to create or build and to help you do it properly yeah that's such a good point like I think it's kind of two issues at hand. The first is that like in the very beginning, especially if you're a bootstrapped business or you're funding it on your own, like you have limited cash, like you can kind of only afford certain people. And so you're not necessarily getting like the very, very, very best available. And then I think also when you're starting out or you're new or you've not done this before, like it's easier to fall into the trap of like maybe listening to other people or thinking that other people might know better than you. And I've definitely like sort of had a journey of really knowing what I want and having the confidence to actually say that this is what I want and having confidence to like manage every situation. Um, yeah. And I think that's a, that's a learning curve that if you're not, you know, if you've not been in the kind of business leader position before, it, it can be very, um, at least for me, it was a journey to kind of 
realized I could raise my voice and be like, hmm, something doesn't feel right here. I need more from you or I, I need this, you know, to be more specific and more direct and more demanding. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I've had the same exact conversation. I'm like, why do we, like, end up falling out with everyone? <laughs> like, why yeah. is this going wrong every single time? Yeah. Um, and it's just a learning curve of having that brief be right and making sure you're really being specific in what you want. Because if you're not, like, no one else is going to be clear. Well, I think as well, it's like you, you think to yourself, oh, I'm going to get a bad reputation. Like, for, for saying to people, like, this isn't good enough. And then say, oh, we don't want to use you anymore. But also when you're trying to build a business and you've got a vision, it's like you can't just say, oh, OK, that'll do. Like if you're working, you know, perhaps if you're working for someone else, you'd be like, oh, OK, that that that, meet, that kind of meets it. I'll take that off. But when it's your own and you've got a massive vision and you're like, you are just not getting it. You have to very, like you said, because of cash is so tight and everything else, you have to quickly be able to say, I'm really sorry, but that's not working. Um, but with that, you do feel like, God, are we are we burning burning bridges left, right and centre? But I think when you've got a goal and a vision and an aim, you have to stick to that no matter what. And I think it's so clear that you've done that just in everything you've done. Like you said, even just from looking at your social media from the start to now, your packaging and how the brand has really come to life. You know that you must have had to be like, this is what we want. This is what we want it to look like. This is how we want the website to, to be seen with the brand to be seen. And this is how it needs to be delivered. Um, so I think that is it's a huge part of building a business, but it's not spoken about enough that sometimes you, you might always get it right with the first few, I don't know, suppliers or whoever you use. And I think as women, we're like much more likely to be people pleasers and like care what people think. And I've again, I've been on this journey where actually it's like I don't care what people think anymore because I have this amount of money in the bank that needs to be managed properly. And it's not my money anymore. It's like investors money. And it's like. It, it, it's, it's been the same with the team. Like, yeah, I'm just looking at like women who have had successful business careers. And unfortunately, many of them are called names or, or seen to be hard or difficult. But you wouldn't say that about a man. And yeah. I think it's just about allowing yourself as a woman to be in that energy and understanding what is important. Cause I'm at this stage now where like, I actually don't care what people say about me because yeah. I'd rather not go out of business and like have have more people say horrible things about me like I I, I have a very specific duty now to to protect this business and I'm sorry if you don't like me because of that oh do you know what 100% I would say over the past year I've got so much I was quite strong anyway but over the past year I've got so much stronger with saying to people this isn't good enough and I'm not happy and if you don't sort it out within x time then it's just going to not work and you know, like you said, as a woman before, you always feel like, oh, I don't want to say that. I don't want to, like, you know, rough, rough, wetty feathers or anything like that. But I think you get to the point where you realise, and exactly what you said, as soon as the money's not yours, and you realise that, obviously, you're the only person that's going to drive this forward. And if you don't let people know that this is what's expected, then it, it, it's just not going to happen. That I think you slowly start becoming more comfortable like comfortable with having uncomfortable conversations like I think as a person you really are then kind of like stepping outside your comfort zone you you'd never do it before you start running your business and all of a sudden you run your business you're like this whole different person (laughs) it's I think that's been like an incredible for me I've I've really been amazed to see that transformation in myself like um just to to see how I've grown in this role, you know, even since starting it like over three years ago. 
um, how much like stronger, clearer, more specific I've become, hopefully. Um, It has been, it's been, you know, no matter what happens, the growth has just been an incredible kind of um, effect of having started this. Yeah, amazing. It's been so good. So I was reading, obviously, the first couple of staff members who employed were two chefs. And so obviously, like you said, you were doing it all yourself, all all hours of the day. So obviously you had to have someone take that over from you. So tell me about that kind of transition, like kind of handing that over to someone else and being like, right, this is what you need to do. or This is how it needs to taste, look, feel, etc. How was that for you? And kind of, although you're overseeing it, trusting it in someone else's hands? I love that question. I think there was definitely that first moment of being like, you know, maybe micromanaging or not trusting that someone else could do it. But it was also the first time I really saw how getting the right talent into your team can help grow because, you know, if you get people that are better than you and you get people that are more experienced than you, like everything improves by 10 times. And, you know, we've since moved on to to a different chef and, and seeing, you know, how you keep sort of up, upgrading let's say yeah. as you grow and, and have, <laughs> yeah, I mean we had amazing we had amazing amazing chefs and like very you know, actually I say that one of them is still with us and he's, he's amazing one of them's moved on to another opportunity but just seeing how the team evolves as the company grows and and how their skills and their talents just keep contributing to the growth um like it's I've always been the kind of person to think that you know I'll do it or I can do it best or, you know, the sort of like micromanager of actually getting other people into the business has been such um, an education and amazing. Definitely. I think, I think it's sometimes as well, like, and I think this is sometimes more, again, females and men, there's always sometimes a bit of a thing where, oh, I don't want someone to come in that's better than me because I don't want them to be a threat. But also Mm -hmm. I think when you're running a business, you can never think like that. Like Laura and I are always like, I want someone better than us. I want someone that knows this, who can do this, who can tell us what to do and can be like, you're not doing this right. This is how you, you know, you want those people that, like you said, because ultimately they're the people that are going to help you drive your company forward, not just you sitting there trying to do a little bit of everything and then not being great at anything kind of thing. Like you're there with the, you know, the creative direction, with the idea and obviously the vision and driving the company forward and everything else. And if there's people that can come in that are, good at marketing or I don't know good at PR and good at all these other bits and it's like that's just a lifesaver but it's easier said than done when you're early stage and you're like okay how are we going to pay these people <laughs> how are we going to pay these people no, exactly. um, did, have it, you, did you ever have any times like that where you were like we need to take staff on but we're in a tough position where it's like how are we going to afford them but we need them because we need them for the growth did you ever come up against any hurdles like that where you're like so conflicted of what to do yeah definitely and I think you know I would say we're probably in a similar situation to that even now um because as successful as our raise was you know it would have been amazing to raise more <laughs> like higher, yeah, higher more people. um but that's where the market kind of landed us for this round and I think it's just accepting kind of what are realistic goals for your business for where you are right now and looking at what the business can afford and what um what it can take on and then yeah if you do go for if you do need that investment to to hire that person or to hire that team then it's it's bringing those investors on that journey with you to understand why why that money would tran- translate to higher faster better growth um yeah. 
it is really frustrating when it feels like, you know, your your growth is being tampered down. But I think it's also yeah. about finding the right the right people. So finding the people that maybe are like generalists across different functions and people who are happy yeah. to kind of roll up their sleeves and get stuck in and um, yeah. really bringing your team on that journey as well about what's happening and where you're going. Yeah, because there's also a fine line of kind of making sure that a person's not overworked, but also letting them know that this is a startup and startups, it is kind of like, like you said, everyone's chipping in. And even as the founders, you're not sitting there just, oh, I'm not doing anything. You're doing everything that everyone else is doing. But it's also a fine line of making sure that, you know, you don't overwork them and they're not like, I can't, I can't handle this. This is too much. It's also letting them know like the expectation is we all muck in. Um, because like you said, you're so everything's got to be so streamlined in the early days that it's really making it kind of a nice environment for people to work in, but also not one where they're overwhelmed. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know if I've got the, the right answer to this um, at all. No, no, I do have either. I just think having, having um, you know, having a team is amazing and it presents a whole host of challenges, but it does pay off. And, and I think being clear on your culture and being clear on, on your values is really important. Um, you know, that's something that we're still working on. Um, yeah. And I'm sure there are plenty of people that will have things to say about me, you know, good and bad. Um, but ultimately, we're just trying, you know, it's not an easy job to do this, to build no. something from nothing. And I think we're all it's just not. doing our best. Exactly. To, to build something from the ground up is really, really tough. And I, I, I don't think people from the outside, unless you're doing it, you're in it or you've done it, would would ever understand what that actually takes. And it is it's really tough and it's lots of ups and downs and sometimes you make horrible decisions that you don't want to have to make or you might upset people along the way but unfortunately it's part of the journey and if if you want to get to where you need to be then you know they're, they're decisions that you're prepared to make but um, yeah. yeah so tell me more about the the future for Mama May the vision the plans the growth I know you've got loads of exciting things going on so it'd be great to hear more about about what you're doing yeah, I mean, for us, we're really building out that whole brand around mealtime and child nutrition. So looking at coming up with um, new product launches in the new year that will really allow for more opportunities to for us to offer that support. So different products across the kind of day of eating and um, more support elements as well. So different guides, more online courses, more in-person courses um, and just, yeah, building out this brand because you know, it's, we always feel like we've been doing this for so long, but actually so many people have never heard of it. So it's a big mountain to still climb. Yeah. What about, and obviously your business model, you, you've got the subscription side of your business model as well. Did you, did you know you always wanted to do that when you started the company or did you put things out there and then get the feedback from people that are like I'd just like to be able to order it and then I'm done for the month or you know how did that work as well you great to have more about that it's funny because I think starting out like I didn't set out to start a business quite like this it was very much just like I have this product idea let me post on Instagram about it and it was just by nature to to consumer because that's I was connecting to people and then I was driving to their homes and it was all very like um scrappy and I don't know if I had the confidence to really like have a look at the business and say this is what I'm building it was more like this is going really fast let me keep building on this and it was definitely like um people were ordering regularly and people were wanting that regular support and it's becoming a habit building product and um 
it felt like a natural translation to offer it on subscription to kind of just take out that one more element. Um, and we've since now offered like one-off purchases um, to give even more flexibility. And I think it's just about responding to, you know, what are your customers saying about how they're using the product and how can you adapt to meet that and get more valuable for them. But there was definitely an appeal to subscription in the sense that, you know, it, we knew we'd be able to help people on a regular interval. It wasn't necessarily about bringing people back and convincing them to come back. Yeah, yeah. I think as well, the flexibility thing is massive because, I mean, I, like I said, I, I buy all plants. And it's like the great thing about that is if you're having a tough month, you can literally just be like, oh, I'm not going to buy it that month. I'm going to wait. Instead of waiting four weeks, I might wait six weeks or seven weeks. But I've got, you know, when you used to do subscription, you were so tied into them and you'd be like, oh, this is yeah. how annoying. But yeah. having that flexibility to, to juggle the things around is, is really nice because I think it does accommodate the, the modern parent slightly more, doesn't it? And, and people's expectations, especially when they're having a tough time, especially at the moment and during COVID and things like that. It just it allows people to kind of know that something's there if they want it, but also any time they can pause it and it, it, and it makes their life a lot easier. Yeah, exactly. Like we really are just here to support parents and it's not to like catch anyone out or to, you know, sneakily, you know, charge, not like, you know, some of the online uh, software subscriptions that I have. So I, um, yeah, certainly it's just another way to add that support. And, you know, for us, December is actually our like quietest month of the year because people are like with family more They're you know, they're, they're traveling a bit more. So being able to, to know that they can easily push that into January, which is then typically our busiest month. Um, yeah, just it's great to be able to to provide that. You can have a nice Christmas and you've got all the craziness to come in January. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it's not that relaxing, but yeah. <laughs> it never is. It never is. Um, I just wanted to ask you that as well, actually, how you have found juggling motherhood and running a business. Because I had my son in June and I went back to work after about eight weeks because she just can't and we was actually raising we were doing our seed round then and Laura had to like literally manage the whole round because like I was in labour like I was off yeah. my son um, and he's my first baby and like you have no idea what you're doing um, and then after about eight weeks it's like right I need to I, I need to get back into this like it's my business so I need to you know um so I got back into it, but now there's some days and I'm like, I feel so shitty. I'm like, I've not looked at an email. Or I've not spent enough time with my son or I'm, I'm looking at my messages. I'm like, oh, my God, they're out of control. Or, you know, and I'm, I feel so responsible, both accounts. And sometimes I feel like I'm, doing not, I'm not doing anything good enough. And both are crap. <laughs> and I'm like, when it, it just doesn't feel like it ever gives. So I wonder yeah. if you've ever felt like that, obviously running Mother Maid. Honestly, I was there and like my hat off to you because having your first and doing this, like I kept saying, like, at least it's not my first because I really found it difficult, even though he was my second. Like I felt so sad. I felt really, well, first of all, it was also the pandemic. So there was like another element of just like everything being terrible. Yeah. But I just felt so sad that I wasn't able to like go for walks with him and like do the kind of like maternity leave things that people I knew were doing, like going to music classes or, you know, walking around the park, like I had him like strapped to me the whole time while I was working and we had an amazing, he was, he actually refused to take a bottle. We had like this amazing breastfeeding journal journey that I had to basically cut because I wasn't coping with the like constant feeding 
and then also needing to work and and yeah your head is like I wasn't clear in my head like I I found it extremely difficult and the only way I balance and still balance is I just got an amazing nanny I don't have like family support here um I have my husband's parents who are amazing but they you know we don't have them for regular help um and I got a nanny who was amazing with Arthur gave me that confidence that he was being like looked after by someone really loving and caring um and she's still with us and um I couldn't cope with her is the truth (laughs) it's like you because you you don't have a choice as well. Like once you've started, so you're in it and you're running it. And also, it's not that you don't have a choice, but you want to do it. You love yeah. it. This is this is for you. This is not just yeah. now you being mum. This is for your soul, for your, you know. Um, but then also you want to be do the best job at being a mum. And you're just sometimes it's very very tough to to manage both and to feel like you're doing a good job at both. But I think all you can do is your best. That is literally all you can do. But some days it just does not feel like that. I, I will say, as someone who's been through this, I do feel like it's got easier as he got older. Like, I, I think it's just natural. Like, this age is just so tough. And, like, you you just feel yeah. so, like, you just want to be there with the baby the whole time. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I still, like, he's going to be two now over Christmas. And I th- I still think back to, like, that period of, like, January to probably April that I just – felt so sad the whole time and like worried that he wouldn't know that I was his mother like all kinds of worries um yeah and you have that on top of the anxieties around the business and and managing a team and and honestly like (laughs) it's really hard um but it is very fulfilling and it's very rewarding and I I feel very proud of what I've been able to do um and that is motivating kind of in and of itself definitely definitely I mean I know now because I'm still up like quite a bit in the night doing feeds and everything else and some nights I'll wake up and I'll do a feed like two in the morning and then I shouldn't do this my fault but then I'll go and look at my phone on the side and I'll see an email and it probably oh. is not a nice email and then you know you're like oh my god and you, you all of a sudden your minds go wild you're then stressing out about something then I'm like okay it's all of a sudden six o'clock I've been awake for the past four hours it's yeah. just yeah it is and that's the part of motherhood and running a business that you, you don't see enough of or people don't talk about enough and that's the bit where it's like you, you you can't you can't get away from it no matter what it's it's the business is always there and it always leads you and so does your child so it's it's the, the juggling the two is is really hard I guess yeah it kind of comes down to that feeling that I think often we as women and ambitious women put pressure on ourselves to do it all and it was sort of my husband who had a complete, you know, he's the one who's like, get help in. Like, why do we not have someone working customer service part time? Why do we not have someone like yeah. in the house? Like, if you're complaining about laundry, send out the laundry. You know, all these yeah. things. Like, no, but it's expensive. And he's like, but you staying up all night and not being effective the next day is also in a way expensive. So like, yeah. Yeah, we really money as well. That's the thing. It's like you undervalue your own time. And, but that's money as well. And it's like hold on a second, how much more effective could I be, you know, as a founder, if I had, like you said, even just people do it helping part-time to customer service and, you know, whatever it might be. But it, it, it it's, it's such a catch-22 at the early stage because you're, you're trying to talk yourself out stuff as well. You're like, oh, no, we shouldn't really, we shouldn't really employ someone because, you know, we, we can't afford it and da-da-da-da. But then also you know that you need these people for growth to expand, to, to, to get, to actually achieve your mission as well. Yeah, no, that it's exactly that. And I think it was really my husband who like opened my eyes to like how he as a man in the world sees things as like an investment versus like, you know, 
as me feeling as a woman, as a mother, as a failure. It's like me feeling like a failure that I, I can't manage the laundry. And he's like, what's wrong with you? Like, this is not a reflection yeah. on you. And it's like, no, exactly. Okay. You're like, what? <laughs> Just not. Um, how's your husband been throughout the journey with that? Because I think, just something else from my experience like it's so I don't know your husband's been quite involved with mama baby but it's been you know, my husband's got a separate job he's got a really good job um and he he's busy as well like he's really busy and sometimes for him I think god he's putting up with so much crap it's a joke <laughs> and how is he not just like run off out the door already oh. um, do you ever feel like that in your house so you're like oh my god it's just intense yeah no it is like I it is it definitely is but I feel very grateful like you know I would say my partner is probably a like textbook feminist where he he really wants me to have the career that I want to have and he really believes in my ability and I feel very grateful for that and like we're truly equal parents um you know we weren't always like he had a a much different job when my daughter was born five years ago and it was very much the kind of like he was out at 6 a.m. back at 9 p.m. and I was doing everything in the house. And it was very much, but we've sort of moved on from that. And now it's very much, I think the pandemic helped us manage, like kind of equalize our roles. Um, Because we were both home the whole time. And yeah, I think it definitely has its challenges, but it's important. I think it's Cheryl Stamberg. Yeah. From Lean In, like you need to have a supportive partner if you're going to have a career as a mother and as a woman. You just have to. I think, I think this partner's, don't get enough recognition either because yeah to put not to put up with someone but to to support someone or be on the journey with someone whilst they're growing a company it's not easy to do um you know when you come home and you've had a bad day or you know like you said we're, we're you're fundraising and an investor pulls out last minute or you know whatever it might be or something goes wrong at the warehouse or delivery goes wrong it, 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 you come home and that's all filtered back onto them yeah. and they're the ones that will sit there and they probably had their own stuff going on at work that day and they're like oh great now I've got to listen to all of your rubbish <laughs> so I think yeah they, they deserve a lot of credit to, to put on with us as well <laughs> um, but we uh, we finish off our podcast because I'm, I'm just conscious of time but we finish off our podcast obviously our podcast is called um, We Get to the Top with Laura and Laura that's our, our aim anyway um, so we always finish it off asking our guests what their We Get It to the Top moment it's been throughout their journey so far if you could think of one moment where you feel oh my god I've really I've, I've winged that massively um like everything <laughs> um, <laughs> gosh I don't know if there's been one moment you know even uh, I would say like anytime we've had like a massive influencer post for us you know like Rochelle Humes Lucy McLevero yeah. um, Millie McIntosh that was all just like pure like sending out a message and hoping for the best and and seeing their kind of reception and and willingness to help out a kind of fellow mom fellow entrepreneur um and I'm very grateful to them for that but that was purely just like all right let me see what I get you know yeah of course yeah it's like like you said it's like a bit of hustle mode like okay I'll just give it a shot and see what happens but it's time you have nothing to lose do you like even though you feel cringy sending it you're like oh for god's sake I'm like we know I don't want to send I'm like so cringy but then, then you send it and then if you get the response you want you're like oh okay that was worth it yeah. <laughs> I, I make myself cringe like all the time especially now that we're oh, like yeah. on TikTok I'm just like oh I'm so embarrassing I embarrass myself but um you kind of have to 
definitely. Like, you really have to put yourself outside your comfort zone. And like you said earlier, like, really not worry about what people think. Like, we're exactly the same. And I'm like, this is so cringeworthy. What are we doing? Or you're sending emails. You think, God, this is just, ugh, it's making me feel sick. But it's like, you have to. Like, you literally have to. <laughs> it's all part of the journey, isn't it? Coming outside your comfort zone is, is a massive part of that as well. Massive part of that. But it's been so lovely to speak to you today. Thank you so much for like sharing more about your business journey and it's so excited to see, you know, the future of Mama Made and obviously we'll be following it um, and buying from you, but following it just to see, you know, all the exciting new products you've got and what you've got planned. Um, yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. It's so nice to chat. Thank you for inviting me on and I yeah. am about to go place an order for, well, maybe I'll wait until your Christmas has died down a bit, but I'm... <laughs> After Christmas, that'd be great. Always <laughs> <laughs> after Christmas, but Arthur's outgrown his tracksuit, so we need to get the next one. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, but it's been so lovely to speak to you, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Sounds good, Laura. Have a good Thanks one. Thanks, so. see you later. Bye.